Hey, this is Craig Wade. And Brian Allen Delaney from B-Movies and Ebooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on Blab.im Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B-Movies and Ebooks. We bleed fiction. You're in a zombie apocalypse. You have one weapon, and it's not a gun. What is it? Like a scythe, a car. Grenades. Like a flare gun, maybe. Piranhas. <laughs> bat. A bat? Baseball bat. Hands down. Machete. It's obviously a lobo. <sighs> uh, loppers? Slingshot. <gasps> yeah. Like a ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Barely Living the Dream. As always, I am your host, Mel House, and joining me today is my good friend and recent collaborator, uh, Graham Skipper. Hello, Mel. <laughs> I've been waiting to do this episode for a very long time. I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. But um, so we, I guess most recently, we just, just finished production on your not debut feature. You've done another one, right? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's my uh, it's my real debut feature. Gotcha. Um, I, have I have that too. Yeah, it's um, yeah. We just wrapped production literally two days ago on sequence break. Uh, and uh, let me just say on the air officially, it was a pleasure to work with you on it. And you as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a blast. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited for it to make it out to the world. Yeah, me too. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of the other recent podcasts that I've done. Probably not because you were making a movie. But yeah. I have sung your praises. Aw, <laughs> thanks, to the buddy. Point. Well, then the thing, the, I guess the funny thing is I get emails or t- tweets from people and they're like, man, you must really like these guys because it's at this point in my life, I'm such a jaded old crotchety bastard <laughs> that they're like, he's, he's, re- he's really must be having fun. But yeah, it, it's, it, it was a really great production and a really great script from the beginning. Oh, thanks. Of, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, we were super lucky to get, I mean, the whole crew, everybody involved was amazing. And yeah, I think it was just one of those uh, sort of perfect storms of everyone, everyone that came together for it, you know, totally got it. And, right. and was, exactly. uh, you know, nobody, nobody was, you know, ever uh begrudgingly there it seemed like everybody was excited to come to work every day which was uh as you know it's a blessing uh, absolutely sometimes in this business absolutely <laughs> absolutely it is um so yeah let's uh let's talk about you how All did right. you uh great for those of you listening uh, and i know a lot of you guys are listening from texas graham is a fellow texan i am i grew up in fort worth uh <laughs> sort of between fort worth and graham texas uh uh, oddly enough, my my family all comes from Graham, uh, which is about an hour and a half west of Fort Worth, kind of over near Mineral Wells or Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm I'm named after 
I'm named after the town in a way. It's a really long story. But yeah, so anyway, <laughs> long long history with Graham, Texas. Uh, but yeah, I was raised in Fort Worth. That's uh, so where I went to high school. And um, then I ended up in 2001, I moved from Fort Worth to New York City to go to college at Fordham University at Lincoln Center uh, to go study acting. Um, and I'd kind of always known I wanted to go to New York um, just because I was really into theater. Uh, we'd gone there as a family a lot on vacations. So I was like familiar with it. Mm. Um, I loved the city. New York's amazing. Um, and then Fordham, I ended up going to Fordham because I remember at our like college, uh, what do you call it? Like college fair day or whatever, mm, where all the colleges yeah. come to the high school. Right. Um, they were the only school that specifically had a pamphlet devoted to theater. And right. I just thought that was really cool. You know, it was yeah. clearly something important to them. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to get in, and I went there and had four great years at Fordham and then stayed in New York for another, like, six or seven years after that mm-hmm. um, and did a lot of theater and did a lot of sketch comedy. Yeah. I had a, a comedy troupe uh, called Fucked, spelled F-U-C-T, <laughs> for, the ki- for the kids. Uh, it's actually very much not for the kids. Uh, it was, uh, a, you know, a very adult, late-night um avant-garde comedy troupe we did a lot of uh like live stunts and stuff like i walked on mouse traps or i got tased and got you know learned how to do better nails and eat fire and stuff wow and uh and then in addition to that we did things like ballet and dancing right. and and magic and uh you know it was really just like this totally off the wall variety show and uh, we did that for a long time. They're still going in New York, uh, all, the, all the guys and girls. And um, at a certain point, uh, I, so I, I'll, I'll reverse this a little bit. I've always been a big horror fan. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to make sure you brought it up. Yeah, I've, my whole life I've been a huge horror fan. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I sort of feel like my two like, biggest influences growing up were watching horror movies that I would like rent from Blockbuster every every weekend. My parents would every Friday they would take us after school to Blockbuster, and I would get to choose a movie, and my sister would get to choose a movie, and mm. my uh, parents would get to choose a movie. Mm. And uh, and you know, of course, I would choose a horror movie. Um, of course. And so that was a huge part of growing up. It, and so between horror movies and Monty Python, uh, which I was also obsessed with, mm-hmm. um, I think that really just sort of cemented my my trajectory in life of yeah. wanting to do comedy and wanting to do horror. Um, and and so then, you know, as I... And, like, all through college and everything, I've... I've uh, Every year I host a, a two-day uh, horror movie marathon with, with my buddy Josh LaCasse from college uh who uh we we do two days uh 12 noon to 4 a.m of eight movies each day Mm -hmm. uh generally you know in october sometimes in november if things get wonky but uh of of horror movies and and the only rule is we can't ever show something that we've shown before and we try to and we try to uh always and at this point we've been doing it for like 13 years or something like a long time it's always a blast. So anyway, that I say all that just because, you know, I, I've always been a big horror fan. Mm. And it wasn't until, um, I guess this would have been 2011, 2010, 2011, um, I got a call uh, to audition for Reanimator the Musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, that call came because... Through my comedy stuff, I'd become friends with George Wendt, uh, who played Norm in Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he 
of course, knows the director, Stuart Gordon, because they've done several films together, right. King of the Ants and Space Truckers. And, yeah. Um, they know each other from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, George was doing Reanimator the musical. He was playing Dean Halsey. And he recommended me to audition to for to play Herbert West because he knew my work from Fucked in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, and he had just sort of come in and seen the show, or how did you find out? So how did he he, find out? he um he was in the musical Hairspray on Broadway mm-hmm. with my good friend Van Hughes, mm-hmm. um, and Van uh, uh, was our like band leader for uh, for Fucked. Okay. And so Van brought George and a whole bunch of people from Hairspray to come see fuck shows. Mm-hmm. And George was a big fan and he just totally got it. And nice. he ended up doing some like little, some video scenes with us and just became a good friend. And he's, cool. he's such an amazing guy and such a genuine, like caring, giving person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think he just likes to support artists, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he just became a big supporter of ours and started just coming on his own to see our shows. Cool. Uh, so anyway, that's how you know we became friends with him, and and yeah, um, I I will never forget it. I was I was uh, in Las Vegas on vacation with my uh, she's now my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time, Jordan. Mm. We were in Vegas on vacation, and I got a call from George, and he was like, he goes, "Hey, have you ever heard of this movie Reanimator?" And I, go, <laughs> I laughed. He said, "Have I ever heard of Reanimator?" Of course. He goes, "Well, so do you know the work of Stuart Gordon?" I said, "Do I know the work of Stuart Gordon? Of course I do." And he, you know, said that they were auditioning for Herbert West for the musical. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, jumped at it and I sent Jordan home on a plane to New York and I drove from Vegas to LA and stayed with George that weekend and wow. auditioned for the show and got it. And that's ultimately what brought me out here. Yeah. Um, cause the show wasn't supposed to run for longer than like a month. And then when it, it became something of a hit and when it kept getting extended, you know, to like six, seven months, right. we just said, well, screw it. Let's go for it. Let's see what, see what happens in LA. And, and that's how I met Joe Begus, and how I got into Almost Human, and how I started doing right. horror movies, and now here I am. Right. So one thing led to yeah. all this stuff. So it being a musical, you obviously had that training mm-hmm. in college. Like, was that was that something you were always sort of drawn to that aspect of theater as well? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I I've been doing musical theater since I was you know in in high school or, or younger than high school. Okay. Um, yeah. I I was really uh big into my church choir growing up that was like uh-huh. a really big part of my life growing up and yeah and um you know so i credit i credit those years of of you know really sort of teaching me how to sing well right and then you know musical theater it was funny i i i did a lot of it in high school um and and just in general growing up in like regional theaters uh like casa Manana in fort worth is one that some people might know and mm. and um and then when I went to college, it was really more focused a lot on uh, on on like straight plays, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much musical theater, and, and there also wasn't any film. It was really just it was like a lot of Chekhov and a lot of right. Beckett and a lot of Edward Albee and that yeah. sort of stuff. And so then to get to jump back into doing musicals, and get to combine that with you know having been a horror fan for so long, yeah, it was just a really cool sort of experiment, uh, and it it yeah. worked well, and and. Uh, you know, I love singing, and and so I loved having an opportunity to to sing again. Awesome. So you guys, you did the show here for however many months it got extended for. Yeah. Well, we did it. Well, we did it here for. I mean, I think the first run was like almost a year, and uh-huh. then we took a hiatus, and then we came back and did it again, and that's when we took it on tour. Okay. We took it uh, to to New York and then to the UK to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, mm. which was amazing. And then we took another break, and then 
I, I might be getting the chronology a little bit wrong, but then we did it a third time for a run of several months, and mm. then a uh, fourth time where we took it to Vegas. Wow. Um, and so overall, uh, we've done over 200 performances of it, uh, you know, sort of off and on throughout the years. But now, I mean, it's 2016 now, and, you know, four years ago was when we first started doing it. Yeah. Um, and we actually just recorded the original cast album. We finally recorded that so that'll be coming out okay yeah soon. i saw i saw you put stuff up about it i was that was gonna be one of the things i asked yeah. about if you didn't bring it up uh that's cool that's so so you, you mentioned that's sort of how that was the gateway to you working in the movies the low budget movies yeah yeah um well so joe begas uh the director of almost human and of mm-hmm. the mind's eye and he um he at the time was Stuart gordon's assistant and mm-hmm. that's sort of how he got started out here in la was he was Stuart's assistant and um and so when we were doing reanimator he was our stage manager for the show uh-huh. uh and so that's how i met him and you know he everybody else in the cast was like familiar with horror movies but mm-hmm. we, you know and, and like jesse merlin especially he played dr hill he mm-hmm. was really into them and we, you know and, and several we were all into horror movies but you know joe is like really into horror right, movies right. and so i would talk to him and i it was so funny because i would go up to him and be like you know, have you ever heard of a movie called They Live? And he'd laugh and just hand me his DVD of Inside and oh, say, here, yeah. go to town, buddy. You know? Yeah. So I, I thought I knew my shit, and he, I did not. Um, yeah. he, he taught me a lot, and we just became good friends. And uh, so when he wrote Almost Human, fortunately, he thought of me, and mm-hmm. then we were off to the races. And, and that, you know, I think it was the combination of doing Almost Human and then having the horror community come out as they did to see Reanimator. Yeah. Is that all the you know filmmakers of L.A. the horror filmmakers of L.A. all came out to see Reanimated the Musical, mm-hmm. which was really amazing. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I got to you know they saw my work, and then I think when Almost Human came on the heels of that, everybody was like, oh, you know this guy does horror stuff, and and I you know they, it just was sort of a perfect combination of things, and and uh, you know I I am so excited and happy to have a career in horror films because that's what I love to do. Yeah. You know, my, my icons were Jeffrey Combs or, right. you know, Peter Cushing or, uh, you know, Robert England and those guys. Yeah. Like, those are the ones, those are the, those are the movie stars that I get all crazy about. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't care if I saw Tom Cruise walking down the street, but if I saw Robert England, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, I was going, well, that's, that's who I want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, there's such an important part of my life and, and my childhood that, if I can be that for someone else, like what a, what a great, what a great career. So, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I've had that opportunity and now I just get to do that and, and, uh, you know, bring, bring a little gory joy to people's lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so was almost human was pretty much the first feature you worked on. Yeah. So I, had, when I was 12, uh, I did a movie that actually played at Sundance, uh, called late bloomers. Mm hmm. Because I used to do commercials and stuff uh, in Fort Worth and Dallas when I was okay. growing up, like when I was a kid. Yeah. And so when I was 12, I got cast in this movie uh, called Late Bloomers uh, about a, um, a, a mom in Dallas who leaves her family for a woman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this would have been like in 96 or thereabouts. And mm-hmm. so when you think about that, you know, like 95, 96, like a gay marriage, like a lesbian marriage movie is pretty like ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really cool experience, and, and it, it, you know, played in theaters and went to Sundance and wow. did okay. 
but then no features until then you know fast forward to i'm an adult and doing mm. almost human yeah uh and yeah it was you know it was a totally awesome experience and it was uh you know definitely like a steep learning curve you know going straight from doing mostly theater for mm-hmm. you know the majority of my life to to jumping into this this indie horror thing and and you know fortunately i knew exactly the kind of movie that joe was trying to right, make right and so that helped me you know i went back and i watched a lot of films and and uh you know i had taken some film acting classes and just tried to sort of apply whatever knowledge i had and mm-hmm. make it as good as it could be yeah and it, I actually watched it when I was here last time we were working on Sequence Break. I'd heard of it, but I just hadn't ever had the chance to check it out. And one night I grabbed it and, and watched it and I really, really dug it. Um, Thanks. And I also, I mean, you mentioning that, you just, you know, in talking about Joe and his passion for everything and, and your passion for the genre, I actually, you know, I watched all the behind the scenes stuff too, and you could totally see that. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it it definitely comes through. Like you know, it and you can tell that it was tough, and it's like you know every other indie horror movie. Where, sure, you know, but there was never a moment where everybody looked beaten by it. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of seemed to be into it. Yeah, I'm sure that really happened. I'm sure that it probably. Happened, oh but, yeah, but you know, like it it def it definitely gave me a more positive vibe or a more positive outlook on that kind of experience because you could tell you guys were all like out for the same thing and like just having fun playing with the blood and the crazy alien stuff and oh yeah well and i mean when i saw rob fitz i was like i know that guy yeah. <laughs> which is weird you know? yeah totally no it was i mean yeah exactly it was it was a whole bunch of people who and like you pretty quickly could tell like the one you know if there were one or two people that weren't into it yeah and then they didn't last you right. know because you got to have it's got to be an army you know right. to make a movie Absolutely. on this scale and especially with almost human i mean that was you know like a super cheap movie and it was really a bunch of us in the woods Mm. you know making it and and i think it's testament to joe's ability you know as a director and as a visionary that he he so like accurately saw what you know what he was going after and he was able to really you know uh uh i don't know what the right word is to to really um voice to everyone and show everyone exactly what it was he wanted Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't just us like you know out in the woods goofing around it was everybody was like seeing oh okay we're making a real thing yeah we're making a real movie yeah um it was it was great i mean i you know i loved working with everyone on that we we had a blast it was i mean it was brutal you know it was totally exhausting Mm -hmm. uh but again you know what's what's the point if you're not willing to put yourself on the line you know that's that's to me i mean i think if i had to say like what's the greatest screen performance of all time i'm not even kidding i would say bruce campbell and evil dead 2 yeah you know because of just the sheer fucking dedication right and and the uh you know and and i just i always try to channel that and just always remember like never complain mm. never give anything less than your absolute most that you can mm. and um you know if you fall and scrape yourself and you know who cares like like do it you're you're becoming immortal right now yeah uh which which is one of the things i love about movies yeah absolutely lasts forever yeah yeah totally and if i'm not mistaken at least based on what i saw in the behind the scenes, Joe was, he wasn't just directing, he was operating too, yeah. right? Yeah. So in that, and, and to see him doing all that, I mean, 
that's a rare breed, you know, and that where and it can all come together mm-hmm. in a cohesive sort of whole. So it's 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 neat that you you worked on a movie that was like that, but it was the best one of the best examples of that experience you know sure oh yeah because i've been in that situation where it's all you know there's no vision nobody really knows what's going on and it is just it turns out to be people just playing with a camera in the woods and everybody's time is wasted and you don't get a quote-unquote real movie out of it right you know what i mean it's just something to show your friends or whatever later yeah but uh yeah like all that really i think shined through for me when i saw it saw the film and then immediately watched the making of stuff my, my favorite thing in the making of stuff is when they got me doing the wild lines on the road and be going like fuck oh shit, yeah yeah yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah like yeah. am i allowed to curse on this by the way oh absolutely. That okay all right good. yeah yeah uh yeah so it's so funny i i didn't know that they were filming it and it was just so silly because we're in the middle of this like it was like a national park or something and mm-hmm. i don't even think we had a permit to shut down the road i think mm-hmm. we just picked a road that nobody ever drove down yeah and i'm just there screaming you know obscenities at the top of my lungs over and over again (laughs) um really really funny did you uh how long was that shoot that shoot i want to say was 18 days maybe okay maybe maybe it was 21 like a chunk like you were out there i was out there for yeah yeah, i think it was maybe 18 days but like i was there 21 days total or something it it was something like that it was quick where was it located in rhode island it was all in rhode island okay. right around because joe joe and, and josh who you know also was in that movie right. with me and, and edited it and is joe's producing partner um he they both grew up in in coventry rhode island together uh they they're old you know childhood friends huh. and so you know both almost human and the mind's eye we filmed basically like around the corner from where they grew yeah. up um and uh yeah rhode island's a cool place it's you you can tell it's like it is stephen king's new england yeah you know that's really what it feels like yeah yeah and i think that vibe comes through too like it it, it is something that's tangible yeah on the screen so so uh you guys do almost human and what i guess what let's first let's talk about the path of that movie so what happened for it well so almost human um through through an incredible series of miraculous events mm-hmm. uh we ended up getting into tiff mm-hmm. um and you know for those who don't know like the toronto international film festival i mean for my money if you are a horror film you want to get into midnight madness at yeah. tiff that's yeah. like the top yeah and we um i remember on set you know i, I remember saying to joe hey so where do you where do you want to you know, where do you want to premiere this? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I mean, the dream of dreams would be TIFF, Midnight Madness. And I'm not exactly sure of the trajectory of how it ended up getting in, aside from just Colin Geddes watched it and liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, but long story short, we, we got in. And uh, that really, I think that then just opened up all the doors for yeah. us. You know, it got us amazing attention. Colin was a big champion of, of the movie and of us. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I know he, he, you know, helped guide us on on a path to get it into the all the right festivals and get it into the right places. To, mm-hmm. you know, he he was such a great mentor. You know, you know, to help guide a bunch of kids mm-hmm. that you know, you know, knew what we were doing to a degree, but like his knowledge and his experience and and his pedigree um just really put us into the the next level yeah and you know fortunately people liked the movie and Mm -hmm. and uh it it you know ifc midnight picked it up and and i think it was the perfect audience for that yeah um you know and and it just uh 
I don't know. You know, I think it's just one of those things that hit at the right time, and we, right. we were very lucky to get into TIFF and uh, and and just have that whole experience, which was just incredible. You know, I'd, I'd never been to a you know a film festival like that before, right. and to get to you know be walking the red carpet and mm-hmm. like you know and and you know there's like lucky mckee coming to see our movie yeah. you know there's you know eli roth is there with green inferno what mm-hmm. the hell you know oh my right. god um and so yeah it, it you know then it came out and and uh lots of people saw it and it got good attention and and you know from there you know i kept sort of going back to reanimator the musical mm-hmm. and, you know periodically and and throughout that i uh, just started you know getting calls from folks that worked in the horror industry here that had excuse me mm-hmm. burping um <laughs> that had seen the film and and enjoyed it and uh you know started getting some getting some work out of it yeah so what was what was i guess the next couple of bigger things from you, from um, you after that? i did um Let's see. I did a film called uh, Friends Effing Friends Effing Friends, which actually isn't a horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a like a dark romantic comedy that I did pretty uh, pretty soon after Almost Human. Uh, at the time, uh, Joe's manager, uh, 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 this this really uh, amazing guy Dallas. Um, he his name is Dallas. Um, he uh, also a Texan, yep. interestingly. <laughs> um, he uh he recommended me to go audition for for this movie friends mm-hmm. effing friends and so shot that um did a movie called dementia um directed by mike teston i get some good i'm, I'm a ghost in that I get some oh, good, nice. good ghosty <laughs> ghosty things um uh got to know um uh, neil marshall and andrew cash and john skip and mike mendez and axel carolyn the whole crew from tales of halloween right uh, and so i got to uh, have a little mini buddy cop experience with Adam Green, uh, <laughs> which was awesome. And and um, yeah, um, trying to think, you know, it's all it's it's funny because I mean, Almost Human came out in 2013 and it's 2016, yeah. and so everything just really happened pretty fast, pretty quickly. Yeah, um, you know, and then ultimately things, uh, you know, I, I we ended up doing The Mind's Eye and uh, pretty almost immediately after that um did a movie called beyond the gates mm-hmm. uh that's out in festivals right now did carnage park right after that which mm-hmm. uh, is out now you can see it mm-hmm. um and all these things came as a result of these people like seeing the other things. yeah before. yeah it was just you know and and i think i think too like i like to think i'm pretty easy to work with like i, yeah. I really you know that my, my whole thing about being on set is just do your work do it do it efficiently do it well don't make anybody ever wait on you and yeah. be you know be receptive to whatever the director tells you yeah and i think that you know that helps because then when anybody says oh have you worked with graham like i like to think that the people i've worked with say oh yeah he's super easy to work with yeah and um you know as you know i think that's just as important as talent honestly oh yeah, yeah in a movie you know um i mean for me i think a movie needs to be fun to work on or else you shouldn't be doing it at all right, right. um and you know sometimes you never know how that's going to turn out till you're in the middle of it but yeah i uh yeah all this was just from you know you you meet people you know people people see your work you know your work is consistent mm-hmm. um and here in la too i mean the thing is is that 
like there's you know bowl, horror bowling events yeah and people from you know directors will go bowling yeah or you know there's there used to be this place called the jump cut cafe uh mm. r.i.p jump cut cafe did you ever go there by the way yeah you did yeah once and um yeah the great elric kane he ran the place and it was this uh you know for those who don't know it was this this sort of hub for the indie horror community mm. um here in town and what's really amazing it was just a little cafe you know in 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 uh i think it was in studio city or mm-hmm. like thereabouts and um what's really cool about it is it was just this little cafe but and and you know they would periodically do screenings and stuff there and it was just a nice vibe and people go there to write but then eventually you start seeing like Wes craven go yeah and like john carpenter's there one day and it's just you're going wow what a cool like hub that exists right you know and so you go to horror trivia there a few times and you meet everyone yeah and the thing about the horror industry that I love, at least my experience of it in, you know, from being here in L.A. and being a part of it for a few years, is that everyone's super supportive of each other. Yeah. You know, everybody everybody is in the horror industry because they want to make horror movies. And, you know, I, I know, you know, I, I never, like, roll my eyes at seeing a horror movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there's nothing too stupid or nothing too intelligent for me you know it's like i i want to i just want to see more of it because i love it and i feel like that's how most everyone is you know you could be making you know this silly little nothing movie and 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 it's not nothing it's something you know and everybody gets that everybody gets yeah like that's how i felt when i rented tromeo and juliet right or whatever yeah yeah and um you know and so i think that 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 uh vibe just carries across and and so as you go and as you participate in the community and as people see you're also a fan and you know and and your work is good then you know you you just start working with more and more people yeah yeah i can uh, yeah i can attest to that because it seemed like that's kind of what's and i'm all the way out in texas or was you know am sometimes that's exactly kind of what has started to happen as well yeah and well we were just talking about the fact that i knew rob fitz <laughs> i mean it's just it's and it's it's part of that it's like i met him at a fangoria convention in new york and we went he was just trying to get people to watch god of vampires and so we all yeah. went to watch the movie and now you know like we meet that guy and that guy introduces us to this other guy and now like i'm here with you made a movie with that guy and right Yesterday, I was on a location scout, and it's like the art department knew the effects guys that worked on my last two movies, and that made us immediately bond. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. And they're like, oh, well, you produce, you know, so it's it's all about horror, and that we're sort of, you know, we're an army kind of. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally. Yeah, and like I I feel it reach out, even though I don't live here necessarily, I feel it reach out there and make things easier in a way. Sure. You know, because people, people like you or or uh, Jason, you know, other people that we've worked with will remember that. And, you know, want, because they know that, like, I'm down for the cause or whatever. Sure. Down for the blood. Uh, they'll make a point to try to bring me out. Yeah. And work on stuff because we all kind of get it. Exactly. And we all know what we're, we're trying to achieve. Well, that's the thing is, like, if you're, you know, especially with films on this level, it's mm. a lot of concessions have to be made. Yeah. You know, so that you don't have to make concessions on camera. Yeah. You know, and, and I, you know, I, I think like you said, it's, it's so important to just create a family and create an army that, you know, 
that you don't worry about that stuff. It's yeah. like you know that they're going to be cool if they're sitting in the back of a car versus having their own trailer. Right. And there's nothing. And I mean, I would love to have my own trailer. Like that's yeah. that would be amazing. But you know, I think it's a matter of just sort of you know picking a group of people that all understands you know that the cause is it's not it's not for comfort or it's not for you know even for money you know it's for it's for the art you know uh and you know i'm sure some people would say art this isn't art but i totally think it is Um, yeah i agree and and you know like the texas chainsaw massacre like and and i don't mean this facetiously imagine a world without the texas chainsaw massacre yeah you know if those guys hadn't gone and literally spilled blood and almost killed themselves to make that movie like the world would be a different place yeah um and so i think it's incredibly important what we do and uh you know finding other people that agree with that i think is uh i think is is imperative yeah yeah, I definitely have I've really come to notice that in the last few years. I guess I think the the, the two things well, the two movies that really hammered it home for I did two films where I I don't know, I just hired sort of I wouldn't say outside of the community or whatever, but the people were not into horror films. Hmm. And I and my initial idea was like, Oh, well, this'll there'll be another it'll make things stand apart, you know, it'll be like the Sundancey sort of look to the sure. sort but it ended up not going that way mm. like people you know it's like no one people aren't into the the blood and guts or waiting for effects or they don't know how to shoot effects or they don't yeah. get how things are put together so it gets frustrating yeah because they don't understand oh these are the pieces you have to show and here's where the real person is and this is when you pull them out and this is why you can only show this side um because they're just not used to, used to shooting that way. Yeah. And then it's, it's sort of like the morale just kind of all goes down. So now, like the last three or four things I've worked with, two of which were with you, like everybody is on board with sure. the mission, you know. So it's it definitely makes a huge difference. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned, let's go back, you mentioned the mind's eye, which things are about to happen with or things are happening with. Yes. Let's talk about that one a little bit. Yeah, the mind's eye um, opens August 5th. Uh, so today it's like July 25th or something like that. Something like that, yeah. So we're, you know, in a couple weeks, it'll be out in theaters and on VOD everywhere. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's called The Mind's Eye. Uh, it's Joe Bigas's second feature. Um, and it's um, it's a telekinetic revenge thriller. The, the way Joe always describes it is uh, as, like scanners meets death wish awesome um yeah it's super fun i uh i got to be a total like like an action hero in it which was great yeah uh and um i got to shave my head and got to do all sorts of fun stuff awesome um yeah it's cool uh it stars a lot of indie horror people um Mm -hmm. it's like it's me lauren ashley carter uh from Mm -hmm. jug face and Mm -hmm. darling Mm-hmm. and pod and it's she's incredible um jeremy gardner from the battery uh matt mercer from contracted uh noah segan from mm-hmm. looper and dead girl, dead girl yeah. um you have uh john sparadakis um yeah. who uh, was in windigo yeah. and uh and uh you know all of ty west's movies mm-hmm. um we have hold on i'm trying to think through everyone so i don't forget anybody um uh michael cicero uh, and josh ethier uh and susan travers a whole bunch of people from almost human uh-huh. um are coming back and they're brilliant uh the great larry fessenden mm-hmm. is just amazing um yeah i mean it's just a ton of horror people you know and again that's 
you know, Joe was like, I want horror people to be in this. Yeah. I want, you know, because like, I think as an actor too, you need to take it seriously. Like mm-hmm. you can't, um, you, you can't, uh, you can't phone it in because people tell, Yeah, you know, especially yeah. horror fans. Yeah. Like, it, you know, as a horror fan, you can tell when, when an actor doesn't really want to be there and mm-hmm. is just trying to get the paycheck and get out. Right. Or, you know, I think that's what makes like, like Bill Mosley or somebody like that, you know, really stand apart. Like they get it. Yeah. You know, they really get it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, and, um, lots of, you know, exploding heads and stuff flying through the air and flipping cars. And it's, you know, a way, way bigger movie than, than almost human was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, being released through RLJ entertainment, uh, premiered at, at TIFF again. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really, really fun. I'm really excited for people to finally get to see it everywhere. Yeah. All the, all the, clips and stills and the trailer like it looks badass so i can't wait to check it thanks out. Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's really uh it's pretty insane yeah i'm a big fan of the mind bullets yes <laughs> <laughs> um so do you, I'm, I'm trying to i was going to sort of go back to our origin story yes do you uh how did you how did you get so we first worked together on wicked uh, tricks, wicked tricks yes. which was last january last last december in january uh yeah december december yeah. into january yeah because right? we split we, we had split to stop the holidays how and so how did you get involved with that how did you know brian um so i i have done now several movies with um with bria grant okay uh yeah. and just through the community uh i know jason miller mm-hmm. um and jason was producing the film and yeah he called me and he said hey we're doing this this movie uh, starring Bria and you know, would you be interested? And so I read the script and I thought it was good and, you know, met with Brian and, and uh, Brian and Jason and just talked to them about it. And it was great. I was, I was stoked to be a part of it and, yeah. uh, you know, excited to work with Bria again. We, we had done several movies. Um, and at that point we had worked on beyond the gates where, where we played boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, just in a situation like that, it's super easy to just slide back into it, you know, and, and we're good friends and she's great to work with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it was awesome. And, um, I'd worked with Josh and Sierra Russell, uh, yeah. who were doing special effects on that as well. I'd worked mm-hmm. with them on several movies. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was great, you know, and, and obviously got to meet you, got to work with Will Barrett, Will Barrett for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and obviously met Brian, uh, the director, and uh yeah had had a great time but that's how i got involved it just again just through knowing people and working yeah. with folks and yeah it was it was great yeah and and i guess one of the one of the more recent things you did with bria was you mentioned beyond the gates mm-hmm. i just want to say, like i actually the last time uh, thank you again right. for taking me to yes, yes. getting me in to see it because i really i mean i really did enjoy it and i i made a couple shout outs on the podcast before just mentioning it and like kind of thank look you. for it because um, and and here's so here is how I know that I genuinely enjoyed it <laughs> is that like there's so much I as as much as I like try to always be supportive and stuff there's still so much like jaded like scar tissue on me that it's hard sure, for me to of enjoy the genre you yeah know? of course just to be real like I haven't I honestly don't watch horror movies that actively anymore or just like not I watch the classics you know Nightmare every so often or whatever but. I don't really seek out new stuff as much as I should. And I, it's because of a lot of twisted, my own bullshit inside. Right. Totally understand. So, and I, even if I see something good, 
by happenstance, I won't fully enjoy it because there's other shit going on in my head. Mm-hmm. How did this person get it finance? You know, all the, all those sure. fucking yeah. questions yeah, 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 that you yeah. think of the real questions. And but we went to when we went to Beyond the Gay. It's like from like three or four minutes in, I was like, I'm. I didn't even think about like it. Never occurred to me. Oh, that's great. That's and great. I, that's how I knew when the when the when the movie was over. I was like, I really fucking enjoyed that. And that says a lot about the movie, about your y'all well, performances, the thanks. way it was put together. And I, and I immediately texted my wife because it's totally the kind of thing she'd be into. I was like, yeah, you got to, I can't wait for you to see this, you know? And that's, again, not something that happens with me. Yeah. So uh, oh, yeah, I'm, really, I'm really happy to see things happening with that film because I think it really deserves it. Thanks. Uh, so I guess, yeah, let's talk about that. So what's going on with it right now? Um, it's at festivals right now. It's uh, playing Fright Fest UK in August and it's playing at the Citrus Film Festival uh, outside of Barcelona in, yeah, um, yeah. Heavy in hitters. October. Yeah, it's it's doing really well. Um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, you may have talked about it before on the podcast. I'm, I'm not sure, but, you know, essentially it's about a, a haunted VHS board game. Mm-hmm. Like they used to have back in the '90s, like yeah. Nightmare and things like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's about you know two brothers um, that end up, um, you know, in in the search for their father. Uh, it's mm-hmm. two brothers and and then my girlfriend that end up playing this game and sort of it's kind of like horror Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was super fun to shoot. Jackson Stewart uh, directed it, and he mm-hmm. co-wrote it with Steven Scarlatta. Um, Steven Scarlatta, who he he's the producer of Jodorowsky's Dune, um, mm-hmm. the yeah. documentary, which is just incredible. Yeah, amazing. Um, and yeah, and uh, uh, it was really great. I mean, and again, you know, I, I love this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, to to you know get to do this this quirky, uh, you know, m- moody like horror movie about a haunted board game it's going man what is my life this is awesome yeah and it's it totally like sticks that target like it like totally lands yeah i think like in such a perfect way that's awesome and you mentioned like you know the the fandom and fans making things for fans like what really sort of sealed the experience for me i think was afterwards i made a point to go up to jackson and say hey man i really fucking like that you know i i just want to tell you i really enjoyed it and uh he was like, "That means a lot to you from that. That means a lot coming from you, Mel, because you're you're wearing you're wearing an Exorcist three T shirt." I was like, "This yep. guy gets it." <laughs> <laughs> so that that alone tells you yeah. exactly. Oh, that's funny. Exactly. I could see Jackson saying that. Yeah, totally. yeah. So I was like, "You know what? You're all right, Jackson." That's but great. yeah, th- yeah, it's it's a great film, and I yeah urge. Uh, all those listening to check it out when it comes out. So it's playing the festivals. No word on what's going to happen. After no, no idea. I'm sure something because it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and uh, yeah, optimistic about that. Yeah. Well, and you know, another to go back to that screening. Like another thing, I really know just all the horror uh, Illuminati that kind of came out to see it. Yeah. And how much I just just happened to be where I was sitting. Like when I stood up, I happened to see like a bunch of them and they're, you could tell they were into it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they weren't sort of like waiting to hate on it or whatever. They genuinely, like Bobcat Goldthwait had a big smile on his face that's and he was like, he's so funny. You could tell he loved it, you know? So funny. And so that's I was amazing. like, man, that's, that's fucking awesome. It's, and that, and that was the second screening. Yeah. Right. So the first one was about the same, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great response. And just a lot of people, I mean, you know, Barbara Crampton was one of our producers on the film and is yeah. also in the film and just having her on board too, you know, means that there's such a, there, there's, you know, a whole other like sort of echelon of horror people that, mm-hmm. you know, to me are like gods that, yeah. you know, that come and, and support 
Um, and so having having her involved has been a real blessing. And I mean, she's been. I I met her when we were doing Reanimator the musical because yeah. obviously you know she would come and support and right. she was just amazing. You know, she would come and and do signings at the musical. You know, and and stuff like that, and has just been super supportive of mm-hmm. everything. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's a doll. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She seemed it, listening to her talk about the film in the Q and A. You could really, yeah, you got that, yeah, like, and that she was into it from the beginning. You yeah, know, the way she would, like, when she mentioned it was supposed to be someone else, but she was still like hoping that they'd get the movie made. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, who, who really genuinely feels that way? But I could tell she genuinely felt that yeah. way. You know, and then it sort of worked out fantastically. I might add, because she's one like, oh, she's amazing. She's it's perfect. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's so awesome. But yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, it was a really good experience. So. Um, and I'm glad that I was there to witness at least part of it. Yeah. Um, so from, so what led you on the path to having just direct, you know, having just scripted and directed your um, first real feature? Yeah. Uh, gosh, you know, I really being an actor is is awesome, but it's also incredibly frustrating because mm-hmm. no matter no matter what level you achieve. And I'm, I'm not at any level at all. And I've I've had you know great, you know luck in terms of just you know n- knowing cool people that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. But then even even then, like no matter how many people you know, no matter how many auditions you go out on, it's still waiting for someone to give you a job. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I've always I I. It's not just that I want to make other people's stories come to life, but I I have stories that I want to make and right. that I want to see out there, and you know so I I write a lot. Um, I I try to write almost every day, uh, just no matter what it is. And I've written a few screenplays, and I I really have been wanting to get one made. But as you know, like money is really difficult to yeah. come by, yeah. and you need money to make a movie. You yeah. don't necessarily need much, but you need money to make yeah. a movie. And I you know. I don't have $10,000 I can right. do to make a $10,000, you know, yeah. you don't have that. So anyway, um, so my fast forward to, I guess it was this, this March, cause it was around my birthday. Um, my godparents, uh, who are, are Lyle Canals and Audrey Wozlowski, you know, mm-hmm. Lyle and Audrey, um, they, uh, Lyle was my parents' like college best friend, mm-hmm. and he lived with them for a long time. So I've known him my whole life. Uh, he and his wife Audrey are both um, actors out here, mm-hmm. and they have been for many years now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, around my birthday, he came up to me and he said, "Hey, you know, I have access to, you know, I think I can help put together some money. You know, do you have, you know, do you want to make a movie?" Um, we we had had a, a couple false starts with trying to produce a movie together before, mm-hmm. uh, where it, you know it wasn't me directing but somebody else, and yeah. so he's had the he's had the itch to produce something, mm-hmm. and I've had the itch to direct something, and I had just finished writing Sequence Break, which was just a really personal movie for me, and and just really felt right and felt you know complete. Yeah. So I showed him the script, and he loved it, and you know we said let's figure out the budget we figured out the budget and then it was like due to everybody's schedules and due to you know how we wanted to to do things it was basically like okay we got to start at six weeks from today can we do it we can do it and so we just did it we just said let's go and uh six weeks later we were like almost to the day we were filming yeah uh which is just insane to me. It's like I still am like, yeah, I really coming together pretty fast from it. You know, but but what was great is that really, I mean, 
you know, Lyle and Audrey both were, were amazing producers in that they, they were able to secure us, you know, incredible locations. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they wore a lot of hats to make it happen. Um, you know, and, and then we put together a really great team of people that all worked really well together. Um, I was really happy with my cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, it was, it was, so Chase Williamson stars in it. Uh, he's, um, you know, he, I guess is, maybe most famous for John dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, worked with me on beyond the gates. Uh, mm-hmm. he did, um, uh, you know, he was in the guest and mm-hmm. he's been in a ton of stuff. And so I've always loved his work and he's a friend of mine. So, uh, I was excited to work with him. And then, uh, he introduced us to Fabienne Therese, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, she was in this awesome movie called Southbound, uh, mm-hmm. which is out now. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's really great. Um, she's also in Starry Eyes and, mm-hmm. um, uh, she's also in John Dies at the End. She's in a bunch of, again, another horror person, right, you know, right. um, whose work I admired. Um, yeah. And then, and then Lyle and Audrey, both being actors, I wanted them to both be in it as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then finally Lyle ended up introducing us to, to Johnny Dynan, uh, who, mm-hmm. who is a really excellent stage performer. And, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to show everybody what he does in this. Cause it's, it's a pretty wild character and he does a great job of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we, you know, just put the team together and, and we made it happen, you know? And it was one of those things where at a certain, you know, I found that throughout the process, there were several moments of going, of going, all right, it's shit or get off the pot time. Yeah. If we're going to go, you know, we're going to let the train leave the station right now. Are we doing it? Let's go. You know, and at that point, you can't look back, you yeah. know, because you're spending money and you're, right. you know, and you don't want to waste anybody's time. And yeah, it's just, you kind of just have to, I don't know, throw doubt out the window and, mm-hmm. and just do it. And uh, I, I think that was you know probably the best way for me to do it i mean my instinct is always take more time Mm. be you know more more relaxed about it and be more uh diligent about every little step and i think at a certain point you just have to go on stage you you know like like go on the proverbial stage and just here we are right it was it actually reminded me a lot of back in in my fucked days I will never forget the first time I was naked on stage mm-hmm. and we were, we were doing a scene from, it was three guys and we were doing a scene from Chekhov's play, three sisters. We were doing it very seriously, but we were doing it completely naked and none of us had ever been on stage naked before in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And this is funny to me now because after this we were naked constantly. <laughs> um, but, but that first time I just, I was sweating and I was so scared and yeah. And then I just remembered going, I just have to do it. Yeah. And then I did it. And it was hilarious, and it was great, and it was no problem. And it was the same thing. It was that same sensation here of, like, the day that we were like, okay, are we going to do it? Because if we're going to do it, we got to do it all the way. Yeah. Well, let's go. You know, and now here we are. And I'm glad that we did, because I think that if you, like, I don't know, if you wait for somebody to tell you it's all right, or if you wait for everything to be totally perfect and mm-hmm. in place, it, you'll never do it. Right. Um and and so you know now we have a movie in the can and we're editing it and it looks awesome yeah. and uh you know i i all, all i want to do is just make more movies and have more opportunities to make movies and i feel like you know to do that you have to make movies yeah and it sounds so redundant but you do yeah and as an actor i mean you can go months and months and months without ever doing something so i'm going well it, look if i'm not acting in something you know why not create something new mm-hmm. why not 
yeah, have a whole bunch of balls up in the air. Um, it's it's absolutely like how uh, you know I, I that's how I want to work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now that's how sequence break came about, and by God, we're gonna finish it, and yeah, it's gonna look great. <laughs> yeah, I, from what I've seen so far, it are it it's headed that way for sure. Um, so when you, I you know I have to say that this was the the shoot was so at least on your end at least from the work you did it seems so well planned out to me like as far as what you wanted and what you needed compared to maybe you don't feel like you did that much but compared <laughs> to like other situations i've been in um did do you think your experience as an actor like informed that quite a bit like this is i hate it when this shit happens and sure you know what i mean like, sure yeah we uh, my wife and i talked about that a lot actually as as we were getting ready to start i was like yeah graham obviously has been paying attention to the shit that sucks on that side of the- <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally yeah i mean I, absolutely i i i wanted to always i wanted to do two things i wanted to always have um I wanted to treat my actors the way that I wanted to be treated. Uh And I wanted to make sure that the set was run in such a way that, that, you know, didn't have all the frustrations attached to it that you can sometimes get used to. Right. And, you know, I, I find that sometimes on sets, like if there's disorganization or even just negative, like this will sound hippy dippy, but like negative energy. Yeah. And, you you know, it's, and it doesn't help anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to have a you know a positive environment, and I wanted to make sure that everyone's everyone's departments were were you know autonomous to a degree. Right. You know, I like for me. So my my mom is in the hospitality industry. She mm-hmm. she runs a, a hotel and a guest ranch in Texas, uh, Wildcatter Ranch in Texas. If anybody in Texas wants to go on a vacation, it's <laughs> awesome. But one thing she taught me about how to like run a company is is that you you know you don't micromanage you you put a lot of people in place that you trust really right. well and then you let them do their jobs and you get yeah. out of their way yeah and and i really just tried to do that you know yeah. I, I i i knew what my job was and i knew what your job was and i knew you know what chase's job was and and you know obviously if i needed to step in and adjust something then i would yeah you know but i feel like it's sort of you know, part part of my job was like setting the train in motion and putting all the pieces in place mm-hmm. to make it happen, um, and then just learning how to how to talk to everyone in such a way where, you know, it was like I I don't know how to light a set, you know, I don't know how to how to what camera angle specifically to put something, but I sure know how to say I want this to look like the scene where Frank comes back to life in Hellraiser, right? And and then because I put Brian Sowell as my DP, I know he knows that too, and he can make that happen. Yeah. And, and I think that that's how great partnerships and great teams form. And I, I, I think that, you know, probably contributed to the, the relative smoothness of, of how things went, you know, just, it's, it's a matter of surrounding yourself with people that know what they're doing and getting out of their way, letting them do it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and you know, I heard several times at the end of photography, the last time, several people mentioned that it was like one of the best sets they've worked on you know and yeah, that's, that's great and that's that says a lot about the team that you put together and what also i guess personally what's what internally says a lot again you haven't listened to any of the podcasts but just so you know like bef- when you called me or when you emailed me and asked me to work on the movie 
I was pretty much I had sworn off doing the AD thing like yeah. entirely, <laughs> you know, like Chris, the guy that actually ads for me all the time, and he's still ads. We always, you know, we always mention like ads like definitely have a set life. Like there's a point where they just can't sure do it because it's a very stressful job. And I just I, I always compare it to like when I was waiting tables. There was a time in my life where I was just like, nope, can't do this anymore. Yeah, can't handle it. But based on just based on our working relationship on Wicked Tricks, and and I had this is the thing. It's like you know, Melanie, my wife doesn't she does she doesn't really know you. Or she, I think she probably knows you more now just by proxy. <laughs> but at the time when you called, she's like, "Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure?" And I was like, "I got to do it for Graham." and I'm not bullshitting you. It's like anybody else, I would probably say no, but you know, I, no, before I even read the script, I was like, "He's cool. I really liked working with him. I just get a good vibe from him." And I know he's a nerd too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and then I think you sent me the script, and I read. I remember I was reading it when I was at Texas Frightmare Weekend with Lisa, and I remember texting you and going, "This shit's awesome, yeah. dude! Like, yeah. this is exactly the kind of movie I would want to make." So that like even more sealed the deal. But um, yeah, it took and, and and then to get to the set and realize how much work you've put into preparing and how much work Claire had, everybody, yeah. you know, and and the team that you had assembled. Um, and and the only thing really different from a lot of other shit shows I've worked on was just you put the right people in the right place. Yeah. And well, and people that were all there for a common cause. Yeah. You know, it's not like you had tons more money or tons more time. You probably had less of definitely had no. Yeah, yeah we yeah, had you know, nothing. <laughs> you know. So and and then to get there and have that experience, like one thing that I told Melanie, you know, right before I came out this time, you know, I was like, you know, it's just a shame that this movie came along when I was sort of at the end of my rope instead of mm -hmm. having more experience. Sure, like yeah, this sure. This is the kind of thing that would make me rethink it, you know, and I'm like, please let me have more sequence break experience. Oh, well, that's you know? good to hear. So, uh, but yeah, and I've mentioned that on the podcast before, so I'm not bullshitting you when I say it. Like, it was a really good experience in production, and I think it comes through in the final product, at least what I've seen of it so far, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, all that, even though the tone's, you know, it's not a feel-good movie or whatever, but yeah. like, that stuff imprints itself onto the art. I, think. I agree. I like agree. You can tell when people are into it and having a good time making it and willing to come back and just do what it takes to make it awesome. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I really look forward to, I really look forward to seeing the final product. I'm excited about, uh, about where it's headed. Thanks. Yeah, me too. Thanks for saying all that. I mean, yeah, I, no I, I really, yeah, we were lucky to have you and lucky, I mean, just my God, you know, every, the way the planets aligned to give us everyone that we had, yeah. it was really just, you know, amazing. There was not a single like bad seed or anything. Yeah. It was really, yeah, yes, yeah, totally. Very, we're very fortunate. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I was actually stressing when I was here the first time. I was like, man, I hope Graham doesn't like just happen to like, I knew you wouldn't have time anyway, but someone doesn't happen to listen to one of those podcasts that I recorded like right before I came <laughs> because they, you know, it's, you know, I'm the horse with the broken leg or whatever. Like uh -huh. you'd be worried about me like, losing <laughs> my mind. I was like, yeah, just, just don't, Chris, don't mention it to anybody, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah. again, like it didn't, none of that shit mattered, yeah. you know, because every, it was such a good, such a, a well put together production. That's so, great. That's so great. thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, so I guess, you know, let's, you, you act well let's let's say you're a full-time actor slash director yeah that's all you do correct yeah. so how being in la and doing that like how is it what's what's the alchemy that you've you've discovered to sort of make it happen um incredible luck yeah and just 
never stopping. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, I, look, and I, 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 uh, and it's more luck than that. You yeah. know, it's just, uh, I, I've been super blessed, like I said, to be surrounded by, by people that, that are also doing great work. And, and I yeah. think it's, it's really just a matter of, of, um, you know, being tenacious and, Mm-hmm. And uh, always, you know, if work isn't coming to you, try to create work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really, I mean, I think that's it. I think that's the alchemy. It's like, I, excuse me. Um, it's, uh, I think it's just being willing to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and then taking advantage of opportunities when they come up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it gets really hard and sometimes you think like, I am never going to work again. Yeah. I, it's over. That's yeah. it. Dream is over. Yeah. I'm, you know, okay, we're, you know, moving to the country and that's it. Right. And, uh, and it never is, it never is over, mm-hmm. you know, it never has to be. You just have to, you know, and again, this is why I, I wanted to get into directing is, you know, I just, I want to create work and right. I want to just keep creating and mm-hmm. work. You know, this is what I, I, tell people is work begets work mm. and um and good work begets good work yeah uh you know and and that's i think that's the formula i i, I really do i mean it sounds it sounds kind of cheeseball to say like work hard and your dreams will come true you know but i think it's true i think yeah, that it's yeah and and it, you know i think there's a lot of truth to that and then it's just and <laughs> just hope and pray and get lucky yeah you know and i I, because i really it's every every uh you know every day i'm just so thankful for the people i've met and like you know people like Stuart gordon who have been such amazing champions of mine and who you know it's it's like uh you know or 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 like you know our producers lyle and audrey who took a chance on me or you know joe who put faith in me to lead his first movie like Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, and I think with all that, it's about then taking it seriously. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, get those opportunities and then go, yeah, this is really serious. I need to really like devote myself to this and make sure I do it right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here I am, I'm able to, you know, I'm doing a podcast with you or been posting our movie and, and, you know, I've got some horror movies coming out in the next few months and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, life couldn't be better. Yeah. 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 I'm very happy for you. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you're, you're one of the few people I think deserve it. <laughs> well, thanks. Hey, talk you know, talk to me in December, and I, everything might have changed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess on that note, like, uh, what's sort of coming up for you that you might want to mention at this point that you can mention? Um, there's I I can't mention a few the main things that are okay, coming up. Gotcha. I can't really mention much of anything. I think Beyond the Gates is sort of the the one thing coming up obviously yeah. the the you know release of the mind's eye august 5th uh-huh. um i really hope everybody seeks it out it's really really fun mm-hmm. um and uh you know and then sequence break it's really like it's it, that's kind of my tunnel vision right now is yeah. finish sequence break right um and then hopefully next year we'll be doing festivals all over the place and that's the goal you know i i just if next year I could be just touring the world with my movie, I would be a happy, happy camper. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, well, I, I will just say that the things you've mentioned to me that you can't mention, 
are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So look for that. Look yes. for that amorphous awesomeness, uh, yes. listeners. Uh, so uh, I guess we can we can start wrapping it up. But before I let you go, uh-huh. you want to play a little round of green litter bullshit? Let's, let's play around. You got to remind me of the rules, though. How does okay. this work? Uh, just you throw something out. And this is just the two of us now. You throw something out at me, and I have to decide whether it's a real movie okay. or if it's just something you just made up. And so is this a thing where we'll do like two each or three each or something? Yeah, or? let's do – well, you do one, I'll do one, then you do another, then I'll do one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So And then maybe we'll have a tiebreaker okay. if we need to. Interesting. All right. I have a feeling you're going to stump me. Oh, no. I don't I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> because I anything that I think is – you know, it's like when I went to Joe, I was like, have you seen They Live? He just laughs in my face. It's like, I don't know anything. Um, okay. Would you like to go first or would you like me? I will go first. Okay, great. I'm excited. Okay. I'm trying to think because I have, you know, I have some fake ones I come up with. I have some real ones. I don't know what I want to do. Okay. Okay. Um... Japanese film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a group of vampire yakuza who get into a massive turf war all across uh, Tokyo mm-hmm. and end up having to uh, do battle with uh, ancient fishmen and uh, and a huge kaiju-sized muppet. See, I almost thought you were trying to get me with God of Vampires, but then it's <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, ooh, okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with my gut on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say bullshit, but we need to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know that it is a real movie it's already made it's already made it's called yakuza apocalypse Yaku- i'm writing it down it's right amazing now. it's it came out a couple years ago from takashi Miike. oh okay yeah de- i definitely it's see it. total insanity that shows you how out of touch i've been with this well, i was trying to think of modern stuff because yeah. i knew you didn't watch a lot of modern yeah, stuff. yeah yeah that's a, it's a good move it's, but yeah i was i was yeah. like, i w- had watched all of Miike's stuff up to a point and then yeah. it kind of fell off for me but Knowing that, I'm gonna try to watch. Yes, ASAP. yeah, vampire yakuza and yeah, kaiju-sized muppet. Yeah, and and yeah, that should have tipped me off like happiness of the category. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah. Right, I know. Ah. Okay, so there you go. Yes, I got okay, one point. You got, okay, okay. You got one. Okay, all right. So let me open up my oh words, man trusty word oh, file man. here. I'm gonna be bad at this. Okay, all right. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> An experimental gun powered by an atomic reactor is misplaced when the transport carrying it crashes into a river. The weapon soon falls into the hands of a bullied teen who uses it to get even with his persecutors. Now, of course, there's a ticking clock aspect because an army team has to recover the weapon before its unstable reactor overloads and causes a meltdown. Oh, God. Was it greenlit or is it bullshit? man. Okay. Uh, some sort of crazy tech weapon falls into the hands of a bullied teen, mm-hmm. but it's going to overload, so they got to stop him before mm-hmm. he gets everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gosh. Gosh, this sounds like... Oh. 
oh i i because like it, it sounds to me like i could see this being like like a I don't know, like J.J. Abrams would make this movie, you know? <laughs> this would be like a like a nostalgic, like, like 80s, you know, kid kid movie. Oh, gosh. All right. All right. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm going to say... I'm going to say bullshit. Bullshit. I'm saying bullshit. Okay. Uh, well, J.J. Abrams would have to get the remake right oh, because no! it does already exist. Oh, no. What is it? <laughs> it's called Deadly Weapon. De- of course. It was, <laughs> it was made in 1989, wow. and the, the teen is Rodney Eastman from Nightmare 3. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't even know. Th- I don't even remember how I stumbled on this. But I think he put it because I follow him on Instagram or whatever. He put up a picture from, and I was like, "What movie is that?" And so wow. I fell down this rabbit hole, and I was like, "That's got it." Because I'd never ever, heard yeah, of no. That. That's I mean, around that's... the time when I was watching everything that came out on video. What yeah. what, what year did that come out? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Yeah. Deadly it, Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. They could have picked a way better title for that. I don't, yeah, why would they have? Let me look and see if it has another to know. The director is Michael Miner. The writer is George Lafia, who I think wrote. I feel like he wrote a child's play. Oh no, he did. That's John Lafia. But yeah, it exists. Wow, it's out there in the world. Wow. So now you have something. I know. I gotta I watch Deadly. I gotta watch Deadly, Deadly Friend or, or Deadly Weapon. I've seen Deadly Friend. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe the, the, the font on the box kind of looks like Deadly Friends. That would be funny. Yeah, okay, we're really trying to cash in on the this, success of Deadly Friends. This craven killer robot business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. What am I gonna give you? What? Am I gonna give you? <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one. All right. Hit me. A young woman, mm-hmm. lonely, at a friend's get together at a cabin by the lake, mm-hmm. staying in the guest house by herself has a romantic encounter with the building's local ghost. She has sex with the ghost. And as one might expect, if you have sex with a ghost, you might catch something. Mm -hmm. Was that movie greenlit? Or is that movie bullshit? Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say greenlit, but I have no idea what it is. It is indeed greenlit, uh, and it stars our friend Chase Williamson. Oh, let me write this down right now. It is called Lace Crater. <laughs> is it? A, can I find it? Uh, you can. It's coming out soon. Um, I just it, Chase, I think, just posted like a link to the information about when it's coming out. I saw oh. it at TIFF last year because I played TIFF. Okay. Um, it's awesome. It's a weird comedy, you yeah. know, uh, about sex with a ghost. Okay. What happens when you bone a ghost? Not another one. Uh, yeah, right? Oh, again. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so go check out our buddy Chase and Lace Crater whenever it whenever it comes out. Now, is he the ghost that gets boned? No, no, he is not the ghost that gets boned. He's a, a friend of the ghost bony. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Definitely on the list. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, all right. See what you think of this one. Oh, man. All right. All right. <clears throat> 
a bounty hunter is offered $20,000 cash for the capture of a very large man who dons body armor and steel-plated gauntlets for his regular beatings of some unfortunate individuals. Oh my god, I want this movie to be real. I want it to be real really bad. Um, sounds like it would have been a Charles Band movie. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be an optimist here and say I, I live in a world where this movie exists. I'm going to say it's greenlit. You do. Yeah? You do. Oh, yes. It is. It was made in 1979. It's called The Glove. The Glove. Yeah. Fabulous. It was, it was the movie. Okay, so here's how it ties to our experience. It was the movie that I was introducing when my ass was hanging out at the Alamo Draft House. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weird Wednesday choice that night. Oh, that's great. But the, uh, so the, the, the big guy that wears the glove is Rosie Greer. Oh, okay. Football player role. Yeah. And the bounty hunter is John Saxon. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, Joanna Cassidy's in it. Wow. Uh, Keenan Wynn, Michael Pataki. Wow. So, it's, yeah, it's, and at, as I recall, because I did <laughs> ass hanging out or no, I did watch most of the movie, and it's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, interesting in that 70s exploitative. Sure. Movie. So, yeah, the glove. The glove. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, see, I love I love our world. Yeah, it, it, look at all these crazy movies. And what I actually love about this game is that really any of these movies could yeah. totally exist. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, so that was yeah, that was a fun one. Good. That was good. We both have some. We have some, some movies we got to watch now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thanks once again for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm Thank glad you. I finally got to talk. I know. To you me too. It was on great. the record uh, it was about great. everything. Uh, everyone out there listening, make sure to keep an eye out for. We'll go find Almost Human, which you can already find. Keep an eye out for the Mind's Eye, which is coming out what was August fifth. August fifth. Is there a website or anything yet? Or? Uh, no, I mean it, RLJ Entertainment okay. as who's putting it out. So I imagine it's on their website. Um, okay. But yeah, August fifth, it'll be out at every major VOD outlet and in select theaters. So I think, and actually, I don't. I know it'll be out in Texas, but I'm not sure where. But okay. keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled for it. It's definitely best to see in a theater. It's a it's a big screen experience for cool. sure. Cool. Anybody want a road trip, I'll travel to see it. Yes. So uh, hit me up. Um, also, keep an eye out for Beyond the Gates whenever we figure out what's going on yep. with that. It's, uh, again, definitely worth seeing. Uh, and then uh, keep tabs on Sequence Break, which, uh, do we have a Facebook page yet? We don't yet. Okay. But I will certainly sure we, put one we'll together. We'll eventually get yes. one. Yes. And you have a website, don't you? I have a website, gramskipper.com. That's gram like graham cracker and skipper like, you know, a skipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, gramskipper.com. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, at gramskipper. Okay. So look around for me. Cool. And as always, you can find me at Upstart Film and upstartfilmworks.net. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Later. is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by BMovies and ebooks.com. He pulls me into this dark office alone. He lays me down, and he's like, they call for shirt. Hey, he was he was good. He was a professional. Chase is warm. Long. He loses me all up, gets it done. And he's rubbing this thing all over. He's very gentle with me. I'm about to pass out. Dude, it's taking forever. And now I'm slightly out of breath. He squirts me down all over my belly. But he did say that I didn't have to put my shirt back on, which was weird. Oh, yeah.
They also talk about comics. Long Box Small Talk, weekly on bmoviesandebooks.com. Man, okay, yeah, so we live in a, we live in like the ghetto. It's like rough. They're just gangsters and shit. We have to keep Podcast all the windows makes us closed. no money. We can't move. Like, there's like there's like a shootout going on regularly. Why do you, okay, stop. Why do you say shit like that? <laughs> like, right. like, why do you, why does you say, say shit like we live in the ghetto and there's shootups regularly? Just for the clarity <laughs> of the podcast, there's not. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A weekly podcast hosted by Cody, Kyle, and Greg. New episodes every Thursday at bmoviesandebooks.com.